So we're still taking a pause on our summer series, What's in a Name, as we've been studying and digging deep into the divine names of God from the Old Testament. And we're in part two of the two-part message that I started last week called Zoom Out, where we're trying to be open to a different perspective that God might want us to have related to current events. I mean, we're all pressed right up against everything that's going on, right? Uh, All the news and all the the chaos and uncertainty and anxiety and turmoil. And I mean, that's right in front of our face everywhere we look. And so I challenged us last week to zoom out from all that, take a big picture view of what God um, would, I feel, have us to think about and consider and apply to our lives and to the situations that we find ourselves in. Last week, we talked about the need for us as Christians to be people of peace. Uh, As much as possible, Romans says, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And uh, also talked about the need to uh, look not only for your own interests, but also to the interests of others and esteem others higher than yourself. Um, Talked about the, the need to outdo one another in showing honor and respect. And there's that, that mutual honor showing happening. And I also highlighted the fact that Jesus himself said that the world out there, the world beyond the church, will know that there's a difference in you. They'll know that you're truly following Christ, that you're a genuine disciple of him, not just in name only, by your love, by how you love your fellow Christian. And that's going to speak volumes of the changed life that you really have to the lost and dying world. That's what they need to see. That's what's going to cause them to sit up and take notice of your message and of whatever difference you profess to have. It's how you love one another. And so as we continue with this theme of zooming out and seeking to gain a different perspective from what is the norm in our current situation and current events, Today, I want to challenge you with the fact that we as Christians, as the church, we need to be people of submission. We need to be people that willingly, intentionally, and consistently, humbly choose to submit ourselves to all of the the governing authority that is in and around our lives. Because as we're going to see in just a minute... It's not by accident. It's not by randomness. It's not even completely by the vote that put those people in to the positions of power, to the the places of authority and leading the institutions that they are. It's not any of that. It's actually divine appointment. That God not only divinely created the institution and office of authority, but divinely put specific people into those offices and institutions of leadership and authority. And that's why it's so important for us as followers of Christ to choose daily that we're going to recognize that and we're going to submit to it. We're going to submit to their their authority and their governance, even if it's not easy, even if it's not something we completely agree with, even if it's not how we would do it. None of those things give us outs for being unsubmissive people. And so uh, that's where we're headed today. Let's just jump right in. Romans 13, 1 through 2 is what I want to start off by sharing with you. Here's what God's Word says in that passage, Romans 13, 1 through 2. Let every person, 
No exceptions there. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, so that's the premise and here's the result. Here's what that means. Therefore, whoever resists or rejects or rebels against the authorities, those people God has placed in those positions of authority, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Here's what verse 7 says, Romans 13, 7. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes, to whom taxes are owed. Um, and I, I take uh, that as a kind of a springboard back to what Jesus himself said when the Pharisees came and tried to tri- trip him and you know, uh, catch him in a snare um, by asking if it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. And remember, he, he took out a coin. He, he had them bring him a coin. And he said, whose image is this on the coin? And they said, well, it's Caesar's, of course. And he said, okay, so give to Caesar what belongs or what is owed rightfully to Caesar's and give to God what is rightfully owed to him. And he, he silenced them. And, and that's really the idea here. Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed. And listen to this, focus on this part. Respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And that goes right back with what uh, he opened up with, with what Paul opened up with in this passage, verses 1 and 2, talking about the authorities in place as being put there by God, and our responsibility to those authorities is to submit and to, to humble ourselves before them and to honor those authorities. Another passage that is just very clear on this subject uh, and the importance of our submission as followers of Christ to those uh, civil leaders and governmental leaders that are over us, First um, Peter two thirteen through seventeen. Peter says this: Submit, hard word, but necessary and required. Submit to every human authority. Not just the ones you voted for, not just the ones that follow your own personal agenda, not just the ones that do things the way you want, not just the ones that make it easy or comfortable or convenient. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord. See, there's that zoomed out aspect again. There's the big picture at work here. Because of the Lord, or you could say for the Lord or for the Lord's sake do this. See, he's really the object of our submission. Yes, we submit to the authorities themselves. Yes, we submit to the personal um, people that are occupying those offices of authority and leadership. But it goes beyond them. Our submission goes deeper and it reaches wider than just them as individuals or even just the institution itself. Our submission to them and to the authority they have actually is unto the Lord. And that's the way we should look at it. That's the mindset that we need to have. As I submit to the president, or I submit to the governor, or I submit to the mayor, whoever it may be, as I am choosing to submit to their authority, and I'm humbling myself underneath of them, 
I'm actually above them submitting to the Lord himself. And I'm humbling myself before him. See, that's the kind of picture we need to have and we need to keep in front of us. Because of the Lord, whether to the emperor, and that's the, the highest level of authority, that's the top. For us, a close cultural equivalent uh, to that would obviously be the president. So he's, he's talking here about um, supreme authority. Whether to the emperor or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. So it's not that we only submit to a certain level of authority either. It's not like we can just say, well, I'll submit to the highest level, level of authority, but the rest don't count. You know, I, I get an out on, on that. No, not at all. Um, it's clear. Scripture here is clear and, and other places that, and what we just read, that our submission to authority is across the board. You know, whoever um, has been entrusted and divinely appointed into those places of authority. Verse 15, for it is God's will. We all want to know what God's will is, right? We all want to be sure that we're in God's will, that we're um, walking in accordance with His will. I mean, I, I certainly hope and I'm assuming that that's what you want in and for your life, life, and uh, that's what we, we want to have mark our lives as Christians. So here's, here's what Peter says, For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people, which is definitely not in short supply these days, right? I mean, I think we can all agree on that, um, that uh, the ignorance of foolish people is certainly prevalent right now. And so Peter says, It's God's will that you silence that, by doing good. And the doing good here in the context, circle it back around, is the submission to every authority because of the Lord. That's the the doing good that he's saying we need to do, and that if we do, we'll actually silence the ignorant, foolish uh, talk that is so prevalent around us. Verse 16, submit. There's the word again. You think he's trying to get across a, a pretty important point? Submit as free people. Peter is not calling into question the freedom that you and I have, the liberty in Christ that we have. He's keeping that intact. He's saying, yeah, you're free people, but here's what you need to do with your freedom. Submit with it. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. In other words, don't take advantage of the freedom that you have. Don't manipulate the freedom that is yours in Christ to justify sinful behavior or choices that are outside of His will for you. Remember, it's God's will, He said, that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. So don't don't use the freedom that you have as an excuse for going outside of God's will, violating His will, and choosing to do something that is absolutely sinful. Don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil choices or actions. And so, let me just put it this way. That means in, in the current events that we find ourselves in, in the midst of all kinds of mandates and restrictions and guidelines and protocols, don't, don't use the freedom that is yours in Christ or 
the rights you have, you know, as an American, as an American citizen, don't use those things as an excuse for rebellion or anarchy in in little ways or in big ways. Don't let that be your mindset. Well, because I'm free in Christ, I don't have to submit or comply with what the current government authorities have said for me to do. I don't have to do that because I'm in Christ and I'm free in him or because I'm an American and I have rights, you know, I have rights as a citizen. Okay, yeah, you do. Both of those things are true, but it's clear here from God's word as he revealed through Peter that we're not to use the freedom that we do have as an excuse or as a cover-up for evil or for being outside of God's will, which is clearly that we submit to the authorities that God has placed over us. That's what Paul talked about in Romans. That's what Peter's talking about here in this passage. Do you see the connection? I certainly hope you do. I hope this is is making sense to you and fitting together as it's meant to do. And it certainly fits within our specific current context. Peter says in verse 17, honor everyone. Not just the people that it's easy for you naturally to honor. Not just the people who think like you or, or act in accordance with what you want to have happen. Or not just those that um, you personally might feel aren't deserving of honor. He says, honor everyone. And again, remember the context, context, context of what he's saying and in which he's writing here. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. We just talked about that last week in detail. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And I've got to just pause there for a second. Because the emperor that Peter was referring to here and telling his fellow believers, telling the church to honor was most likely Nero, as was the case for Paul. And what we read a few minutes ago from Romans 13, the the same kind of command and challenge he's giving to submit to those that are in authority as placed there by God and as you know being um, something that, that God wants you to do, starting at the top with the emperor and going all the way down. Um, most likely the emperor that Peter is referencing here was Nero, as was the case for Paul. Uh, it could have been Emperor Domitian. That's possible. Some some scholars kind of go that way, and they say that there's not enough hard dogmatic proof uh, to determine whether it was Nero at the time Peter wrote his epistle or Domitian. Um, but Domitian was also a, a brutal, violent persecutor of, of Christianity. And Nero... Uh, we certainly know that he's pretty much unparalleled with his level of evil and violence and specifically his persecution toward Christians. I mean, he actually would um, not only crucify Christians, but he would actually put Christians on massive spikes or stakes that were um, stationed throughout the city of Rome uh, and actually light them on fire and use them as horm- human torches to light the the night and the streets as people uh, walk through Rome at night. Um, that's what he did, you know. And, and he, we believe that it's pretty evident from history and from accounts that uh, Nero is was responsible for Paul's death, and um, we know that Peter was martyred. And so that could have been at the hands of Nero or it could have been Domitian. But either way, what Paul 
and Peter were referencing was not a small thing. It wasn't an easy thing for them to be challenging their fellow Christians to honor and submit to the authority over them when you take that into account. When you zoom out of the text and you realize, oh, okay, so the the ruler and the authority that Paul was telling his readers, the early church, his fellow Christians, to submit to and honor and humble themselves before and obey, and the the ruler and authority that Peter was talking about, whether it was Nero or Domitian, either way, these guys were bad guys. You know, there was nothing easy about what Peter and Paul uh, were instructing the church to do in relation to these leaders. Submit, okay? Do you know who you're telling us to submit to, Paul? Do you know who you're telling us to submit to, Peter? And they would both say, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's comfortable. It's not convenient. But that's not up for question. It's not about who or uh, or how the the leaders lead or govern. It's not who they are and, and how they go about it that um, justifies your submission. He's saying, this is what God is telling you to do, and this is His will for you, and this is how you actually honor and love and obey God, and this is how you actually submit to Him. You do it by submitting to these people, good or bad. So, I mean, when you think about that, I mean, the early church is just astounding. Because even after all they experienced and all that they went through, they still thrived as a church and grew and reached their world. Not by rebelling against the horrible, evil, godless authority of their day. That's not how they did it. Rather, while submitting to it. So they, they thrived and they grew and they reached their world and they showed that they were Christ's disciples by their love, not by stepping outside of the confines of authority, not by saying we're not going to comply, we're, we're free in Christ and we have uh, liberty in Him and rights in Him. I mean, they did, but they didn't hold that flag up. Rather, they held a white flag up. They held the flag of surrender up and they said, we will recognize the human authority that is over us right now in our current situation, Nero or Domitian or whoever else um, had positions of authority around them, they didn't do any of, of the things that were commendable and honorable and that God used by rebelling. Rather, they did it by submitting to it, even though it was hard, even though it wasn't comfortable or convenient, even though they were evil, sinful, godless men, they still submitted to it. So, I mean, that's, that's hard submission. That's really inconvenient submission. You know, we have the, the mask mandate in place right now. You know, we, we have to wear one of these things now when we go to any public place, including our churches. You know, the, the governor hasn't said shut down churches. He said quite the opposite. You know, he said, I, I want you to come together as churches, but as you meet in church, you need to wear a mask, if at all possible. Um, that's what everybody that, that is physically, medically able to do needs to do. You need to wear one of these things. And yeah, you know what? They're a little inconvenient. 
But the key word there is little. It's a small inconvenience. It's a very brief inconvenience to put one of these things on. Um, it's it's not what we would just prefer to have uh, every day, you know. Um, but it's the reality that we have. It's been mandated by the person that that God has personally chosen to occupy the office of governor over our state and to be our authority. So our responsibility as truly biblical, God-fearing, God-loving, God-honoring, God-submitting Christians is to submit to that mandate and to the man that gave the mandate. Whether we agree or not, whether it's comfortable or convenient to us or not. One reason that I, I like this mask, I chose it. I have some really good masks and face coverings right now, and one is a Star Wars fa- uh, mask and face covering. Thanks, Kaylee and Alan, for that. I do appreciate that. Um, but I ordered this one. It's from a, a Christian company called uh, All Things by Faith. Really recommend them. They have a lot of neat stuff, good T-shirts and things. And this mask says, God keeps his promises. And I really like to wear this one. I've got a lot of, I've gotten a lot of good comments and feedback and positive response out there in the community. I mean, to me, this is a really good reminder for other people to see in the midst of our situation and current events that we find ourselves in. But it's a good reminder to me too. God keeps his promises in the midst of of all of these turbulent seas and uncharted waters that we're all going through. We can trust a constantly faithful God to keep his promises. And that's in and through COVID-19, not, um, not only when it ends, you know. So what I'm saying in all of this is we shouldn't think of our everyday comfortable experience with American Christianity as being the normal experience throughout historical Christianity, uh, or that it is even the experience of current Christians throughout most of the world today. And the reason I say it that way and bring that up is because it's been so, so easy to be a Christian in this country. You know, we've not really ever had our freedoms um, truly infringed upon. We have had it so comfortable and so convenient, and um, we've just had every blessing you can think of from our government to be a Christian uh, at this time at this part of the world, it's just so easy. And I think that we as the American church have been far too dependent on the religious and civil freedoms that we have enjoyed, which have been nice for sure. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm definitely thankful for the freedoms that we've had. I I like it. I I love being free and having all the freedoms that we have. I really do. But again, zooming out, taking a big picture view, church, I really feel that the danger in having all those freedoms and having things so comfortable for so long is that we get very attached to it, to the comfort, to the convenience, to the freedoms as uh, not just freedoms in Christ, but freedoms as American citizens and American Christians. Uh, We can get so wrapped up in being American Christians that we forget, or we never learn in the first place, what it means to be biblical Christians. I mean, 
We get so wrapped up in being American Christians that we can get so easily bent out of shape over a little mask, a piece of cloth or fabric over our face for a little bit of time. You know, and so many Christians right now I've seen on social media and heard and in some cases personally have heard and talked to that have just said, I mean, they've just kind of pounded their fist and put their stake in the ground and said, I'm not doing it. I'm not complying. I will not wear a mask. Not because they have a medical legitimate reason for doing so that their doctor has told them they shouldn't. Um, Not because of that. No, they're just saying, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to. It's an inconvenience for me, so I'm not going to do it. I have rights, I have freedom, and therefore I'm just not going to do it. Um, Christians are calling for other Christians to not comply with limiting uh, occupancy, you know, in their restaurant or their business. They're saying, hey, just forget what the governors are saying. Don't listen to them. You do your own thing. You live life the way you want. I mean, those are actual statements and quotes that, that I've been hearing recently from Christians, and in some cases, even Christian leaders. Not good. Not good. Not in line with God's clear, objective, timeless standard and command. Not part of His will for us, church. And so what I'm saying in all of this is that it becomes very easy to find our identity as Christians in our American rights instead of what it really means to be in Christ. We can easily forget that We are first and foremost citizens of heaven and of a kingdom. Before and beyond the fact that we are citizens of this country, which is a great country. We need to thank God for it, and I am thankful for it. But we are first and foremost citizens of heaven and of the kingdom of heaven. Here's what Philippians 3.20 says. Our citizenship. Our citizenship. Christians, church, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So church, that means our Christianity, our identity in Christ, and our obedience to God and His Word can't depend on our freedoms, on our rights, on our comforts, or on our conveniences. That's not what our identity in Christ and our our obedience to God and submission to God and His Word can depend on. That's not what it rests on. It's not on our freedoms or our rights or our comforts or our conveniences or our opinions or our preferences. No, not at all. It's on who we are in Christ, who we know God to be, what He says in His Word, how we view His Word, and our choice to submit ourselves to it, all of it, not just the easy parts and the comfortable parts and the the parts that are easy to hear and apply, all of it. And passages like Romans 13, 1 and 2 and 7 that we looked at a little earlier and the, the passage in 1 Peter 2, 13-17. It's really easy to agree with those things and talk about them and remind others of them and preach about it when things are are going well, right? When when circumstances are in line with what we want them to be or when it's comfortable or convenient. I mean, it's really easy to say amen and agree with those passages. Oh yeah, amen, we need to submit to authority. 
as long as that authority is who we want them to be, or they're um, governing from that authority in ways that uh, meet our personal standards or our preferences or are, are not shaking things up for us, that keep things just that nice, safe status quo that we've enjoyed for so long. But it's times like this that we find ourselves in, times where it's harder to recognize and submit to those authorities because mandates are coming out that we don't exactly love, we're not thrilled about, that aren't comfortable or convenient for us. It's times like that that we really show that we truly honor God's Word and believe it as the absolute authority over our lives in all times and in all contexts, not just certain ones. I hope you're tracking with me on that. And the other side of this coin is that, and, and I just really need to say this to you, and, and I just pray that, that God has already given you and will give you an open heart and open mind to truly hear this um, as from Him through me, not just from me. But all of this also means that inconvenience is not an excuse for insurrection. Inconvenience is not an excuse for insurrection, not an excuse for rebellion, for rejecting authority, for not complying, for not humbling ourselves under uh, a mandate that's been issued to us by the person occupying the office of authority that God has placed over us right now for such a time as this. It's not inconvenience and um, some of our our comforts uh, being changed Temporarily, um, or long-term for that matter. It's not an, not an excuse for insurrection, for rebellion, um, nor is it an excuse for deciding that very clear and objective Scripture and the teaching that Scripture provides, like Romans 13, like 1 Peter 2, um, it's not an excuse for saying that that doesn't apply to this situation. You know, I was actually told recently that when I challenged someone on these very passages that I'm talking to you about today, um, that I was the one taking them out of out of context. That I was the one misinterpreting and misapplying the scripture, even though the the situation is exactly the context intended for those passages. The things like mandates to wear masks and limiting social gatherings and occupancy in, in businesses and institutions that we're, we're told to do, we, we've been instructed to do, um, that is exactly the type of context that Paul and Peter were writing about that we need to still submit to. And so, I mean, there's no greater uh, or more clear application and relevant time to apply these passages so inconvenience, personal inconvenience or, or discomfort is not an excuse for insurrection or for deciding you're going to interpret uh, the very clear objective instruction and, and command of God's word in a different way. Listen, it's natural to rebel and defy and stand against laws and rules and authority. It's natural to do that. That is part of the human nature. I get that. I understand that. I'm guilty of that in, in different ways from time to time. Um, not too long ago, I was talking to a, a brother in Christ, and he said, you know, I just, 
I really have a hard time in rule keeping and rule following. Bet you didn't know that about me, did you? And I laughed and said, oh, no, not at all. That's, wow, that surprises me. You know, laugh, laugh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, because obviously it is something that can be observed. But it, it's not unique to that person. The person that said that, um, they're not in any way the only one that that's true for. That's true for me too. It's true for all of us. It's natural to rebel and defy and stand against laws and rules and authority. It is part of the human nature and human experience. Here's the problem though. Here's why that's not okay. We, just, we can't just leave it there. Um, that's why that's not a valid excuse. That's why that alone is not justification for rebellion in any form, small or great. It's because the human nature that we have is fallen, it's sinful, it's depraved, and always completely contrary to God and His Word and His will. So yeah, we have a human nature that is, is going to naturally um, buck at authority you know, and resist that, but that doesn't mean it's okay or that it's a good thing. Our, our human nature is is evil and sinful. And Scripture says uh, in 1 Samuel 15 uh, that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It's on the same level before God. He looks at at rebellion even in a small little form or, or way as the same seriousness and sin as witchcraft is. And we need to take that to heart. Um, we need to keep that in mind and, and apply that to our everyday situation. Easy times... Hard times, good times, bad times, all of it, it, it's the same. It needs to be the same. And so what I want to challenge you to remember and keep in mind is that as Christians, we're not called to stay in the natural. All those things that, that resisting and rejecting of authority and rebelling and not complying, that does come easy for us. We don't have to be trained on, on how to, to do those things. But... As Christians, we're not called to stay in the natural. We're called to surrender to the supernatural. We're called to surrender to the supernatural. The supernatural power that resides and is at work in us through the Spirit of God, which we have received through Christ. If you are truly in Christ, you've surrendered your life to Him, that means all of your life is surrendered to Him, not just the parts you want to have surrendered, not just the parts that are easy to, all of it. And the good news about that is when we do that, when we yield ourselves to Christ and we trust in Him and we we surrender ourselves to Him as Savior and Lord, He gives us the empowerment we need to continue to surrender, to yield, and to submit all of ourselves. And it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural power. We're called, as Christians, to live out and apply Christ's life in us, in every part of our life. Here's what Scripture says. Don't just take my word for it. Here's what God's Word says. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. So that means at the point of salvation, when I say, yes, Jesus, I need you as Savior and Lord, I surrender myself to you as my Savior and the Lord of my life, the total Lord of all of my life. Paul says something happens. We are identified at that point with the crucifixion of Christ. Um, we We are united with Him in death at the cross. We We cease to live... For ourselves at that point, we cease to be our own. Our life now belongs to someone else. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. My life is no longer my own, he says. 
but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, in other words, I don't cease to literally or physically live when I die to self by giving myself to Christ. I don't just cease to exist. The life I now live in the body, in the physical, I live by faith in, or you could even say for, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the fact that Christ loved me and gave himself up, gave his life for me, means my life is now forfeit. When I come to Christ and I receive eternal life from him, in exchange, I give my life to him because he gave his life to me. See the connection? So that makes our life as Christians forfeit. That means that it makes um, the possession of our own life and our own agenda null and void. It, it doesn't happen. It's not reality anymore. I no longer own myself. I no longer command my own life. It's, it's all Christ's now. He commands it. Colossians 3, 2-3 says this. Colossians 3, 2-3. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. See, there it is again. When you came to Christ, the you you used to be died. Now there's a new you that is submissive in all things, must be submissive in all things to Christ because He owns you. He, he owns the rights to your life. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, Christian, yeah, you have freedom in Christ, you have liberty in Christ, but it's not to just go out and live how, however you want. It's not to seize all the rights to your life. Your freedom in Christ is to give up your rights. You now have the freedom through Christ to be a slave of Christ. Before Christ, you're not able to give up your rights. You're going to always hold on to them tightly. But once you come to Christ and are made a new creation in Him, you now have the ability, the power, and the freedom to give up those rights that you previously held so tightly to. Following in his example, who, as Philippians 2 tells us, who being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to cling to, and yet emptied himself of his divine rights and privileges for our sake. See, we follow his example and we do the same. So there's all this talk about rights, rights, rights. Well, my rights are being infringed upon. And, and this is just the start and the beginning. This, these masks, you know, the, the mask mandate that we we have in front of us. It's just the start of something more and and more and more rights and freedoms are going to be taken away. And I don't want that to happen. Of course not. But you know what? Even if it does happen, it's it's going to have to be okay with me. Uh, it, It doesn't excuse my rebelling or rejecting of authority because my rights, really, at the end of the day, were nailed to Christ at the cross. And the only rights that, that really are ours, humanly speaking, are rights to be judged fairly by a holy God and sentenced to an eternity in hell. I mean, that's what's ours by right. But we didn't get what was rightfully ours, right? We got what we didn't deserve. I'm glad life's not fair, Because if life was fair, I wouldn't even be able to to know God. I wouldn't be able to have salvation. So I'm thankful for that. And you need to be as well. There's a very, very narrow window and a very thin line that is provided for in Scripture for 
the Christians' rebellion and rejection of of civil or man um, man instant man given uh, authority, um, God given authority to man. I should say it's a very very thin line, very small window to when we are allowed or even called to reject and resign from submitting to those authorities. That's when and only when those authorities are mandating or commanding us to do something that violates our overall and our chief submission to God or to His Word. When they are calling us to do something that is blatantly against God's objective Word or His command, or is going to cause us to sin against Him, then we have a responsibility to stand up against it and say no and reject it. Just like Peter and John did with their um, leaders in the Sanhedrin when they said, don't speak anymore in this name of Jesus. Don't preach and teach in His name. You've got to stop right now. And they said, you choose for yourselves whether it's right to obey God um, or man or man over God, but as for us, we must obey God. And that's when we have a responsibility to... Uh, to rebel, to reject, to not comply. But friends, listen to me. Church, listen. These are not those times. We've not reached that point yet. Inconvenient? Sure. Uncomfortable? Yeah. Um, Not our preference or what we would like to see in our everyday situation, in our new norm and reality? Of course. But we're not there yet. We're not at that point where God would say, yes, it's right and fitting for you to rebel and reject the authority Um, that is over you and what they're saying and laying down for you to do. No, we're not there. We're not there. And so what that means practically for us as Faith Baptist Church going forward, we will be a church that follows the the current mandates that have been uh, established for us by Governor Justice. Uh, We will follow that. We will be a church that follows and submits and complies. Okay? So that means whenever we do resume in-person services again, as long as that mandate is still in place, we are going to require masks to come in and worship together corporately. Uh, the only exception to that is if there is a legitimate medical or health reason why you cannot wear a mask. And if that's the case, you need to come to me uh, privately and say, yeah, look, here's, here's why I really can't do that. Here's what my doctor has said. Uh, I promise I'm not trying to just take advantage of or, or, or get around this or find a loophole. This is genuine. And that's, that's fine. We'll understand that. But short of a genuine, legitimate medical reason for not being able to or someone being under the age of nine, like the mandate calls for, we as a church are going to operate according to this mandate because we, we are operating above that in a, in a position of submission to God as our authority. Are submitting to this mandate and to our, our governor and, and the other leaders that are over us, we are going to say, as Peter said, that, that this submission, the act of submission that we exercise, is actually going to be submitting and honoring to the Lord Himself. And that's absolutely what we want to be known for and what we want to be fi- found faithful in doing. So I hope all this makes sense. I'm sure there's going to be some of you who don't agree. Um, and certainly you're able to not agree. Um, That's your choice. But I would caution you, this is not just my opinion that you've heard today. This is not just me coming up with these things. This is actually the Word of God that I have expounded on and communicated to you. So be very careful. Um, Please, look look past the person you're seeing on the screen and, and that you're hearing through your speakers 
know that what I've been sharing and pointing you to is is the Word of God. And that's a timeless and objective standard. And so if you're disagreeing with um, what you've heard read in the, in terms of Scripture and these references, you're going to be disagreeing with God Himself, not just His messenger. And that's a very dangerous thing. So... Let's just, let's just determine by the power of the Spirit to be people who say, yes, I will submit to the governing authorities over me, and I'll recognize that God put them in this place and in, in this position deliberately for such a time as this, and I'm going to submit to them knowing that as I do submit to them, I'm really submitting to God, and depend on the power of the Spirit to do that, because none of us can do that on our own power. None of us. Okay. Uh, I hope this has encouraged you. Um, I hope that this has shed some light on some things. Let's keep zooming out from what is right in front of our eyes and see what God might be calling us to do and to be uh, as we continue to, to face these current events. All right, church? Praying for you. Hang in there. Hang on to Him.